Our scripture reading can be found printed on our bulletins tonight. We're reading Lamentations 1, verses 1 and 3. How lonely sits the city that was full of people. How like a widow has she become, she who has great among the nations. She who was a princess among the provinces has become a slave. She weeps bitterly in the night with tears on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They have become her enemies. Judah has gone into exile because of affliction and hard servitude. She dwells now among the nations, but finds no resting place. Her pursuers have all overtaken her in the midst of her distress. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Please be seated. As we come to the book of Lamentations, typically when preaching a sermon, it's helpful to provide some kind of introduction to help people connect with the content of the book or the biblical passage that's going to be preached. But when preaching Lamentations, this introduction can be exceedingly short. We don't have to look farther than the first word of this book for us to immediately connect with its contents. The first word of the book of Lamentations, as Christine read, Lamentations 1-1, how? How lonely sits the city? How did this happen? How did I get here? How do I fix this? How do I change? How do I move on? How do I find my way back home? How do I start over? Maybe you're a young person, a high school student thinking, how long till I can fill in the blank? How long till I can have a career? How long till I feel better? How long, how long? How do I make that drive over there? How do I look them in the eye once I get there? How do I look at myself in the mirror? How do I get out of bed tomorrow? Maybe you're in elementary school thinking, how do I go to school tomorrow? Or how do I tell my parents about what happened? How do I forgive them? How will I ever be able to pray again, sing again, laugh again? How will I ever feel safe again? How? It is a bold and concise introduction to a book. Where in your life are you asking that question, how? If you are asking how at some place in your life, as I assume we all are, I sure am, you've come to the right book of the Bible. For how is the key theme of the book of Lamentations? In the original Hebrew context, the books of the Old Testament were titled after the first word in the book. Many of the titles that we have in our English Bibles are from a Greek translation of the Old Testament that was quite ancient. But initially, the titles were based on the first word of the book. So the original Hebrew title for the book of Lamentations was simply that one word, how. But for all the discussion of how that takes place in Lamentations, 
It never quite answers the question. It leaves you hanging at the end. The book of Lamentations takes a starting, startlingly different approach. What Lamentations does is it teaches us how to ask how. Lamentations teaches us how to ask how for all of us that are asking that question about something in our life. So as we walk through the book this evening, we'll ask this question. As believers, as believers this Lenten season, what is a way we can ask how that honors God, that is actually helpful for us, that moves us through our grief and pain rather than allows us to just sit and wallow in it? How to ask how. First, from Lamentations. I believe Lamentations teaches us to ask how collectively, collectively. So much of the Bible, the meaning of it comes through the words of the scripture. But in the book of Lamentations, at least for my first two points here this evening, the meaning comes through the structure of the book. The book is mostly acrostic poems. The first four chapters are acrostic poems, and I'll, I'll get to what, how the fifth chapter differs in a moment. And an acrostic poem, if you don't know what that is, or it's been a while since you've been in poetry class, an acrostic poem is a poem where each successive stanza or each successive verse or each successive line of the poem begins with another letter of the alphabet. So it would go start with the letter A, then start with the letter B, then start with the letter C, and so on and so forth. And if you have your Bible open to the book of Lamentations, you can see this embedded in the verse numbers. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and you can see chapter 1 has 22 verses. Chapter 2 has 22 verses because each stanza of chapters 1 and 2 they all start with the letter, a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Yeah, you can see it right there. Chapter one's a 22 stanza acrostic poem. Chapter two is the same thing. Chapter three, we'll get to this in a moment, but it's a 66 line triple acrostic poem. So it goes A, 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 B, 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 C, 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 and I'll, I'll talk about why in a, in a moment. Chapter four is back to the 22 stanza acrostic and chapter Five is just a 22-line poem. It keeps the 22-line structure, but is not an acrostic. And we'll get to why that is in a moment. But this acrostic structure demonstrates that the book of Lamentations was meant to be read collectively. It was meant to be read liturgically. It was meant to be read by God's people gathering, maybe even on a night like this. And that A, B, C, D, E, F, G structure was to help people memorize it so they could speak it and share it together at a time in history when we didn't have the aid of, of screens or, or printed books. Think of all we miss when we ask how only on our own. Think of all the perspective we lose out on if we don't ask how in the context of community or, or even the, the comfort that community or a collective asking of how can ask. I like to say by definition, we can't self-identify blind spots. 
And so we must ask how collectively to get a fuller picture of this. A year or so ago, I took one of those 360 evaluation tools where you take a test and then people that you supervise, they also grade you on that same thing. Your boss or bosses or board grades you on that same thing. Your peers, other people that do the same thing as you, they grade you and they compile the results and they, they hand it to you. And this was a very interesting collective bit of feedback that I got. As you can imagine, some of it was kind of frustrating to hear. Someone wrote in, sometimes he's not as clear as he could be. He tries to provide too much context. My wife is laughing in the front row. He tries to provide too much context or preserve the feelings of the other person to the extent that the message is not clear or the message is misunderstood. That wasn't even the hardest thing in the, in the test. It's just one I thought I could read tonight. But it was tough to read. And I remember thinking, it's really difficult to imagine that there are people out there that think these things about me. And I thought, it's even more difficult to imagine that the people that think these things about me, I am close enough with that I ask them to be graders of me on this test. But if you don't ask how collectively you miss out on the wisdom of God's body, the church. So the first thing I think the book of Lamentations asks us to do is ask how collectively. It's acrostic poems meant to be read liturgically in the context of a community of faith. Second, I believe Lamentations asks us to ask how Carefully. See, the acrostic structure makes you slow down and move deliberately through the content, deliberately through everything that happened. Here's what each chapter is about in the book of Lamentations. Chapter one is the city. It's a reflection on Jerusalem, and the theme is what you lost. Chapter two is the destruction what you experienced. Chapter three is all about the exile. What changed? Chapter four is a retelling. They go back and tell the story again. I, I call this what cannot be forgotten about what you have been through. We think about the acrostic structure asking us to read carefully and deliberately and move slowly through the material. I think about uh, man that came and spoke to uh, our team this past Friday, and one of the things that stuck with me through his presentation, he said, we need to learn to turn the pages of the Bible slowly. We ask how carefully. But we don't just ask how collectively and carefully. Lamentations also calls us to ask how, ask how honestly to examine our role in the problem, our role in what went wrong? Lamentations 3.40 says this. Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. It's an honest examination of what the individual and what the community's role 
was in the process. Again, I think that's why there's that 66-line acrostic poem, to make sure we get at every detail as honestly as possible, as, as honestly as we possibly can. Chapter 5, as I said, is not an acrostic poem. And what I think this symbolizes is God lets the people just let it fly. They're not restrained by the structure of the acrostic, but they do stick to the 22 lines for God's people to say, okay, God, we have an opportunity to tell you how we're feeling and we are going to say it and say it loudly and honestly. There are vivid and painful metaphors all throughout the text of Lamentations. Chapter one, verse 11. All her people groan as they search for bread. They trade their treasures for food to revive their strength. Look, O Lord, and see, for I am despised. Chapter two, verse five. The Lord has become like an enemy. Are you allowed to say that? The book of Lamentations calls for an honest asking of how. Probably the most vivid and intense metaphor in the whole book is, or most, it's not completely a metaphor, it's a real description of what's going on, is chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. My eyes are spent with weeping. My stomach churns. My bile is poured out to the ground because of the destruction of the daughter of my people. Because infants and babies faint in the streets of the city. They cry to their mothers, where is bread and wine? As they faint like a wounded man in the streets of the city. As their life is poured out on their mother's bosom. Lamentations calls us to ask how quite honestly. Lamentations then asks us to ask how prayerfully. Chapter 5 is the prayer it's what people said to God when all was said and done after the destruction of the city. Lamentations 5.1 reads, Remember us, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our disgrace. We've been talking about the five major prophets and the 12 minor prophets. And the big theme for these major prophets and minor prophets is God speaks to his people in trouble. You want to go to that slide, Cliff. God speaks to his people in trouble. But Lamentations does it a little bit differently. There's one book that's reserved in this section of scripture, in the major prophets and minor prophets, to do something other than God speaking to his people in trouble. You see, Lamentations is the word of God's people spoken back to him in the midst of it all. It's so what you see is lamentations is God's people speak to God in the midst of their trouble. And I believe we must honor the message that the sheer presence of lamentations sends. The sheer presence that this is in the Bible. It's pushing us to ask how prayerfully to to listen to what God has to say in the midst of our trouble but also to speak back to him. In our trouble, we must always ask how prayerfully. And finally, we must ask how patiently. See, the book of Lamentations ends with uh, really no answer, but an anticipation 
of something else to come. The book of Lamentations ends with this cry out, restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and remain exceedingly angry with us. And so you get this sense, is God gonna restore us or is he just angry? And we're just gonna sit here in this desolate place. It ends not with an answer, but with an anticipation, much like the way the whole Old Testament ends in the book of Malachi. This is our final sermon on the Old Testament in our annual focus walking through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And the book of Malachi ends with a very similar theme to Lamentations. It's kind of this cliffhanger ending. It looks like something is, is coming, but you're not sure when. You're not exactly sure what. And because of what you've experienced, you're questioning, will it really happen? See, after the exile... God's people returned back to Jerusalem and they still couldn't follow God's commandments. The book of Malachi is after the book of Zechariah where they were called to rebuild the temple, to finish the temple, awaiting the great Messiah. And Malachi, they have finished the temple and they're still not sacrificing appropriately to God. You get to the end of the Old Testament, you go, no one's learned their lesson. They still need something even more than being restored from exile. And so God's people ask how collectively, prayerfully, carefully, honestly, and patiently, all while still sitting in the ashes of exile and sitting in the ashes of their own inability to save themselves after the exile. And so we come to these ashes. These ashes have been prepared for us by the children in our children's ministry. They've taken the palm branches that we waved last Palm Sunday. They've burnt them down to ashes. These represent the people sitting in the dust and ashes of exile and sitting in the ashes of their own inability to face them, to, to save themselves after the exile. And so as you come forward to receive the ashes, the pastor will take the ashes and impose them on your forehead in the shape of a cross and say, dead in sin, Dead in sin, like the people that Jeremiah is writing to in the book of Lamentations. But then we will form the shape of a cross and say, alive in Christ. Because these ashes have already been mixed with oil. This is the oil from our prayer room that we use to anoint the sick with. And these ashes have been mixed with, the, with oil. The word Messiah or Christ means anointed one as Israel would anoint their kings, anoint them with oil symbolizing that they were God's chosen person for this task. Jesus is the true anointed one and though we are dead in our sin, we are made alive in Christ and so anticipation at the end of Lamentations, anticipation at the end of Malachi eventually turn to arrival. 
in Jesus Christ. And we see that Jesus Christ left his home that we might return to our true home. That Jesus Christ became the ultimate exile so that we might experience in him the ultimate exile. Excuse me, that we might experience in him the ultimate exodus. Jesus took the ultimate exile so we could experience the ultimate exodus from sin and slavery. We see that Jesus Christ was God's final word to his people in trouble so that through faith in him, we can be welcomed out of our earthly troubles and into his heavenly presence. For apart from him, we are but dust. And in him, we have been made alive. Come now, come and experience this great message of salvation, dead in sin and alive in Christ.